Hey guys, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Free Thinking with Montel. Today I'm talking with identical twins who were both diagnosed with multiple sclerosis after years of symptoms. They're sharing their story through their MS blog, Twins Coast to Coast, in hope of helping others who are coping with chronic illness. Tamara Khan and Terry Horde, welcome to Free Thinking with Montel. Thank you so much, Montel. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today, ladies. Let's start off by talking a little bit about your childhood and what were some of your early signs of MS? Which one was the start? Tamara or Terry, whichever one you want to start. Sure. This is Terry. We are identical twins. I am younger by eight minutes. And <laughs> I'm the youngest one. And we were, um, our earliest symptoms were even back when we were about 10 years old. We were very active and dance, running, and all that good stuff. And we would, come home and just say, we are just not feeling great. We're having tingling in our legs. And our mom or our grandmother would rub Vapor Ricks, uh, rub all over us to cool us down. Fast forward into when we were 16 years old, we developed mono. And of course, we had the Epstein-Barr and we were quite sick at age 16, both of us hospitalized with mono. And um, we just kept going on with our normal lives, happy girls playing tennis and all that good stuff. And Tamara, why don't you tell us a little bit about our uh, high school year? Absolutely. I'd love to share it. This is Tamara. So Montel, when we were 16, like Terry said, we had the Epstein-Barr virus, which has been big in the news in the MS world in the last few weeks, with the studies showing that the Epstein-Barr most likely triggers your immune system to, um, you know, attack your, your healthy cells. But going back to our early symptoms, we were 16, healthy, very active. And one very, uh, a memory that we have, we were running warm-up laps around the football field for our tennis team. Every time that we would complete the two laps, our legs were stinging, they felt heavy, we were in pain. It was perceived by our tennis coach that we were lazy, which we weren't, but we were the only two team members of 12 team members that would have the stinging, the tingling, the heavy sense of the pain. And, and let me ask a question. Was this simultaneous The both of you had these same symptoms at the exact same time or one had them and then two weeks later, the other had them yes. or the onset at the same time? Yes. So this is Tamara again, simultaneously. And Montel, we're only, um, we're like only children. We're the firstborn, we were identical sisters, and we don't have any siblings. So we had nothing to compare to. If we both were stinging, if we both had burning in our legs, we just thought that was normal. But now let's we back up for a second, because again, you said that some of the symptoms started when you were like 10, 11, 12, right? Yes. Which would be very early onset MS. Correct. Did your parents take you to the doctors? Did you have to spend a lot of time at a doctor? What did the doctor say? So, so this is so this is Terry Montel. 
So we did. We went to the doctors. And of course, this is back in the early 1970s. And the pediatricians just weren't familiar at that time with children being di diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So they just said it was growing pains. And we just, our parents said, okay, growing pains, girls, let's just go on with your normal activities. So we did. We were very strong healthy girls otherwise and we were you really, experience any any optimal uh, eye symptoms not at that time but our mother um, was diagnosed at age 33 we were 13 when she was diagnosed with cancer and at that time we didn't have any other you know onsets until she passed away and at that age we were 24 and this is Terry. I had a bout of optic neuritis and I went to doctors. I went to ophthalmologists and they would look in my eye. They would see the optic nerve inflamed. They didn't know what it was. So I just moved on. My dad had a neighbor who was an ophthalmologist and my dad was telling him about my symptoms. And I was over visiting one day and he said, David, let me talk to her. And he goes, Terry, I believe you have multiple sclerosis. And that's when I started my journey into really researching and being an advocate for myself and went to Emory University here in, in Atlanta, Georgia, a big research university, saw an ophthalmologist, um, I had an MRI and was diagnosed with MS at that time at age, well, not confirmedly diagnosed with with MS, that wasn't until age 27 when I had a repeat MRI and a spinal tap, and the spinal tap is what showed definitively that I had MS. So at the same time, what was happening with you, Tara? Mom, tell it was very interesting. Just wanted to back up a little bit to when we were 16 and had the stress of my mom being diagnosed with terminal cancer. As we know now, stress can be a trigger to multiple sclerosis. And hence, looking back, that was some of the news, you know, some of the symptoms. Fast forward to 1992, and our mother passed away from cancer. We were 22 years old at the time. And, um, you know, healthy otherwise, I went on a trip with my husband a week after my mother died out to California because he's a California boy. I'm a Florida girl, and we were moving to start a new life. We went out to the wine country, and we were walking and having a wonderful time. And all of a sudden, my legs started to burn, tingle, and felt heavy. Montel, this was the first time this had happened since we were on the tennis team in high school running around the football field. First time again, those symptoms happen. At that point, my husband looked at me and said, Tamara, you're just out of shape, which wasn't true. I was in the best shape ever. I rested for a few minutes. I recovered the stinging, the tingling, the heaviness in my legs went away and I was fine. There were no other symptoms until I was 30 years old. But now you are listening to Terry, who's telling you that she just got diagnosed with MS. Were you worried at the time? Very worried. And it made me very sad. But at the time, going back to the 90s, Montel, there wasn't a lot of research. 
you know, there's much more research has been done and we know much more about the disease now. But in the 90s, when Terry was diagnosed, um, I was worried. But the doctors at the time said the likelihood, Tamara, that you would have multiple sclerosis is low. There's a chance, but it's low. So I was very sad for Terry's diagnosis. And I was worried, but not too concerned because back in the doctor and in the 90s, the doctor said, don't worry. But now as we look back in time, we now know that there were studies that were taking place at the University of San Francisco, studies all over the country that were looking at twins specifically because there seemed to be a higher prevalence of MS between twins, especially identical twins. So, so at the time, I know that study well, Montel, and they took 53 uh, groups of identical twins, if that's the study you're talking about, and they had most of them where one had MS, the other one was not diagnosed with MS, and they looked at their biomarkers. And it's so interesting because they do say that 50% of identical twins diagnosed with MS may end up getting MS as well as their twin. So it's just so fascinating to me. But with our MS, we are mirror twins, which mirror means- Mirror image twins. Right, mirror image twins, which just means I am left-handed and Tamara's right-handed. And everything we do is opposite. And our MS at the beginning was truly, clearly the opposite. I was weak on my right side, Tamara was weak on her left side, and on and on. So we are such a wonderful group of twins to study because we progress so similar. And where we are at today are identical um, in our progression. It's so interesting. Well, I mean, okay, so again, you got finally, uh, Tamara, you were finally diagnosed four years later. And... Has the progression, you just said you're almost identical, except for your mirror images, is the progression been pretty much the same? So going back to my diagnosis, Montel, that was back when I was 30, and I was at the best of my life. Life was wonderful. And i just like to talk just a little bit, and then I'll circle back and answer your question about my first symptoms before I was diagnosed. I was 30 years old, life was great. I was in a happy marriage. I had just had my second baby who was a month old. I have two daughters. So at the time they were 17 months old in a year. And I was walking down to the first floor from the second floor downstairs. My left arm was very weak. I had both babies, one in my right, one in my left. And I called my husband when I got downstairs and my babies were safe. And I said to him, my husband is a radiologist. I said, Steve, I am feeling like I have an MS symptom. My arm was weak. And he said, oh, Tamara, you're having sympathy pains. Come into the uh, office. We'll perform an MRI of the brain. And we're going to rule out MS and put that aside, and we're going to support Terry and live a good life. Montel, I went, I had an MRI done back in the late 90s. When 
I was uh, finished with my MRI. I walked into my husband's reading room and he looked at me. And once I looked at his eyes, I knew our lives were going to be forever changed. He said, Tamara, it looks as though you have signs of multiple sclerosis in your brain. Make an appointment at Stanford University, which is in California, Northern California. Get a workup for multiple sclerosis. So at that time, Montel, I went over to US uh, to Stanford and they worked me up. And sure enough, I was confirmed that I had multiple sclerosis. From that time on, Montel, Terry and I, and as you know, because you've been diagnosed for many, many years and have symptoms for many years, at the time in the 90s, there were only two medications, Avonex and Bethesteron, and those are disease-modifying therapies to slow down multiple sclerosis. As we all know, MS is a progressive disease. They haven't found a cure, but there are many medications right now to slow down the progression. But at the early times, Terry and I only had the option of Avonex and Bethesteron. We both were on the same identical medications at the time. Terry, do you want to add to that? Sure. Um, so after Tamara's diagnosis at age 30, at age 31, I was so lucky at the MS Center of Atlanta with Dr. William Stewart and Jeff English. We, um, they asked me to be on the Tysabu study. So I was patient number 004 on the uh, uh, Tysabu study. And I said to my husband, I said, when I started, I started feeling better about six months later. And I said, if I am not getting this medication, then I must be that placebo gal that is doing really, really well. Well, a few years later, when Tisabri had to be stopped because of PML for a short time, I realized I was actually on uh, the Tisabri, which I feel so fortunate for because Tisabri did look very different for me than Tamara, who did not have the fortunate uh, chance of being on the Tisabri study. I stopped progressing. Tamara kept progressing. So Tamara, do you want to tell a little bit about the progression? Absolutely. Montel, when Terry went on the Tisabri study, it was exciting and wonderful because her symptoms stopped. Her progression stopped. I continued on Avonex, and a new exciting drug just came out called Copaxin. My doctors decided to switch me to Copaxin because I was still continuing to get worse. And that's what happens with multiple sclerosis and the neurologist after you're on the medication for a year or two and your symptoms do not stabilize the doctors will suggest a different medication that may work a little bit better for your symptoms. So Montel, I slowly progressed. I have the type of uh, multiple sclerosis where I've never had a break from it. Just slowly, slowly progressed with it. And today, after going through many, many different wonderful medications that are out there for MS patients, I'm back on Tasabri, which also was the medication that worked the best for me. And I'm back on Tasabri. So we are twins doing Tasabri. 
And you know, did you did you uh, do any any lifestyle modifications? We, we did. did, Montel. This is Tamara. We both have been very healthy and health oriented. We live a life. Uh, uh, we eat clean. We eat anti-inflammatory. Uh, we have an anti-inflammatory diet. We follow everything. We exercise, stretch, go to physical therapy. We have done everything in our power to slow this disease, to slow it down. Unfortunately, our bodies have just progressed. And we can't feel guilty for that because we know we have lived a clean life, that we eat well, we we, we take, take the medications our, right. that the doctors we, tell us. We take our turmeric every day. We make our wonderful green shakes that we love in the morning. So we really have tried over the last many, many years to really focus on good things for us, our vitamin D or vitamin B, our greens. We love wheatgrass. We juice all the time. So we we are staying consistent with that and plan on staying consistent. Have you found, I mean, could, could you actually say that you've seen a noticeable change in your physicality and the way you feel based on some of the lifestyle changes? Montel, this is Tamara. I would say, I don't know if we've seen a change, but if we weren't doing these things, we don't know what our MS would look like. It could be much worse. Mm -hmm. And now you started a well, uh, your, your, your uh, podcast trying to help others who are coping with severe kinds of, of uh, autoimmune disease. I mean, what do you, what's your approach and how do you, how do you try to help uh, you know, others? So this is Terry. We are just so thrilled and excited that we started a, a social media platform, including podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, to advocate and to be supportive for people living with chronic illnesses or just having a bad day. We want to make sure that people are happy and positive because our MS is pretty aggressive. But we are so fortunate to have each other and try to lift our spirits up every day that we wanted to lift others up every day. Well, I mean, what do you think? First off, I, tell me the difference that it made when you finally found out what was going on. I mean, when you finally diagnosed and both of you knew, you know, one was diagnosed for the other. But when you both knew, OK, now at least we know what the enemy is. What kind of difference does that make in your life? Mon so, go ahead. Mon Montel, this is Tamara. I, it, um, because MS was not well known in the 90s, you heard about it. You saw people like Annette Funicello, who was very ill and sick with MS. It was a little scary and frightening, to be honest with you, when we were first diagnosed. Honestly, we weren't like others, at least for me. Uh, you know, why do I have tingling in my legs? Why do I have heaviness in my legs? Why do I have weakness in my left arm? I always experienced that from a very young age. Terry always experienced that from a very young age. 
So it wasn't as though I felt like something was wrong with us. It was part of our lives. It was normal. When we formally received the diagnosis of MS, it felt as though, okay, we have a battle in front of us. We can do this. We're strong. We can do it. We're fighters. So this is Terry. So to add to that, because her mother had been diagnosed with cancer when we were young, she was so brave, Montel. She was a fighter. She and my father had a construction business. She kept pushing no matter what. She had part of her lung taken out and she was on the calls for business the next day. So she was a fighter. So we had a wonderful role model. And we said being diagnosed with MS is not going to kill us. We can do this. We're going to be brave. We have each other as a team. We're going to move forward and stay positive. We had these. I have two little beautiful young girls. Tamara has two beautiful young girls. We're going to fight through and go for it because I didn't let that stop me. I owned a wonderful uh, construction company here in Atlanta. I became a female minority builder for the state of Georgia. I just rocked and rolled and I didn't let MS get in my way. And, you know, I mean, you know, the two of you have each other to lean on, but I'm sure you both have your individual spouses to lean on. And, you know, a lot of people with MS will say that, you know, it's a struggle with their partners to understand what's going on with them. And, you know, it puts a real strain on their relationships. Uh, what, do you guys, what did you guys do to keep your relationship and your spouses, you know, as supportive as you have? Montel, this is Tamara. And yes, MS not only affects the person living with the disease, it affects the whole family. It affects the closest person in your life, your spouse. and we have been very blessed with compassionate, understanding husbands. It's not easy on them. I know for my husband, when he watches me struggle, struggle to get up or struggle to do something, he notices a new symptom. You see it in his eyes. It hurts him. And he's under a lot of stress. I realize I try not to make a big deal about things because I know it changes the dynamic. It is stressful for the entire family, children included. But I've been very fortunate, Montel. I just celebrated my 29th anniversary with my husband. I don't take that for granted because he has stuck it out and he lives with MS as much as I do. How about you, Terry? So mine's a little bit different. I'm celebrating as of this January, past January, 28 years of marriage, and it's been wonderful. But I'll tell you, there are highs and lows. It doesn't matter if you have a chronic disease or not, but when you do have an illness that's as progressed as ours, it does take a toll on your husband. And, um, you know, I always remembered when Tama went into a scooter first, Stephen would say to me, I really miss the days of holding hands, walking, being at the same level, holding hands together, that changes. Because think about it. You're holding hands at a different level. You're just not looking at each other in the same height and eyes and talking. So it's different. And then when I got that to, the, that, to that point, my husband and I 
So we're going, yes, that really does make sense now. Here we are holding our hands, laughing and giggling and going, gosh, wouldn't we like to just kiss each other at the same level without leaning over? And you just have to make light and make those changes. But, you know, for me, how do you move? I don't move well anymore. Both of us have to be turned over in bed. We both can't stand up. So that puts a lot of extra uh, need for your spouse. And that can be stressful sometimes. It's not always fun. But we make the best of it. There you go. Well, what's one of the resources or what's one MS resource that you found to be most helpful? So this is Terry. So I have a wonderful support group here in Atlanta. And I just work with, I, for me, it's like just giving back, talking to them, what have you. And then I'm on the uh, National uh, Society Board of Trustees for the state of Georgia. And that has given me an outlet that to talk to others, people on the board, some of them have MS, some of them do not, some of them on the national board with research. So for me, it's been very comforting to get with my folks to just talk about things, being an advocate for the state of Georgia, talking to the senators in the House of Representatives, getting myself out there gives me a lot of comfort of what's happening with the progress of marijuana in the state of Georgia, et cetera. So that's where I find my peace. And Tamara and I are really big on how to find your peace. So that's a little bit about, you know, support. I mean, at the end, you just brought it up, but, you know, have, have both of you found any relief from using cannabis? Or Absol Absolutely, Mondell. This is Tamara. I live in California. Cannabis has been legal for many more years uh, as uh, for use as medical marijuana, and now it's legal for everybody. I use the form of uh, the marijuana called CBD. It's the non-psychotropic uh, part of, of the marijuana plant, and it helps with pain. And I use the tincture portion, which is a, a liquid portion that you put underneath your tongue of CBD at least three times a day. And I find relief in pain pain from spasticity and that is is the most helpful it's been wonderful oh i'm a big component of it this is terry i do delta eight now in the state of georgia we just passed um the uh cannabis law but it's being held up right now in the state of georgia they're still working on it they may allow two or three more companies to come in but as of the year 2023 it looks like cannabis for medical use will be available. And I know people out there, several companies that have been approved. So I'm looking forward to that day. But I do use currently CBD gummies and I take CBD Delta 8 and it helps so much in every way. Well, you may find, I mean, I know that, you know, for some reason it throws me because I've been in this space for now 20 years. Why some are so reluctant to think that, you know, all of the cannabinoids in concert with each other have their own effect. And depending on, you know, who you are, you may find that microdosing small amounts of THC. I'm a little bit concerned about the Delta-8 only because it is a 
manufactured byproduct of CBD. And depending on who is a manufacturer, we don't know uh, whether or not the purity of it is as well as it should be. So I've been a little reluctant to recommend Delta 8 to anybody. However, I will recommend THC itself and especially THCA to all of us because we know that the acid version of this plant when combined with other cannabinoids like CBG and CBD. And if you have issues with sleep, CBN, you know, um, has a positive effect. And so you might want to both kind of look and venture down that pathway of microdosing THCA or THC along with your CBD. You might find that the benefits may be a little bit better for you. Absolutely. Thank you for the suggestion and tip on that. Montel, I know some of the uh, CBDs and THCs THCs do one-to-one, and I find at times that helps at nighttime. How do you find it, and how do you use it? I mean, I got to tell you, I I have been, you know, because I've been in this space longer than most people who even considered it. I started, you know, talking about cannabis as beneficial um, aspects back in 2001, 2002, I was seeking out CBD plants before people even knew what the term CBD meant. And so for me, my journey has been almost, I should say almost a roller coaster because there are times when I've sought out a higher THC profile. There are times that I've sought out a higher CBD profile right now. I literally am formulating a product that literally will hit the market in Massachusetts uh, this month. I've had a CBD product in the marketplace for years, and I'm about to relaunch that again. Fantastic. I found that it's as equally as important for the cannabinoids as it is for the terpene profile. This is something that you should start looking into yourself. There are certain terpenes that have a higher anti-inflammatory response. We do know that. Inflammation is the nemesis of our illness. So, you know, for you to impact and have a direct, you know, uh, uh, impact on your inflammation, we found that, you know, CBD plus THC and terpenes work. So I've created in Massachusetts and hopefully we'll expand across across the country. I had a product in California and Oregon for a while. We're no longer working with that manufacturer, but I will be doing that again soon. I found that, you know, sometimes a 75-25% ratio, sometimes a 75% CBD, 25% THC and terpenes, or flip it, 75% THC, 25% CBD and terpenes affect me differently and have affected me differently for periods of time. And I've, I've used, like right now, I happen to be using a higher CBD concentration than a THC, but there were times when it was literally THC that only got me out of bed. Yes. And I was using THC with CBD. CBD was cutting down, you know, some of that euphoric effect. Yes. But actually gave me the anti-inflammatory response I needed to actually quell the tingling in my legs and feet. You know, squash it. And like you said, I've had, you know, I've been dealing with MS now for 21 years and have stayed on the same medication that entire time. But I've augmented, but I've augmented that with cannabis cannabis throughout the entire time. And we'll Montel, continue to do so. Montel, I think this is Tamara. This is so important that you're incorporating the traditional medicines 
along with the non-traditional uh, with the CBD. I thank you for your research and thank you for expanding your corporation for that because I think that's wonderful for people to have other options. And as Absolutely. we know, the natural, uh, you know, CBD, THC, it's all natural. It's not an opioid. We know or opioids, opioids do not work for multiple sclerosis pain. Correct. It's and opioids are addictive. I have not found that THC, CBD as an addictive product. And it truly helps the pain for MS. Mm -hmm. And spasticity. And, oh, yeah. And also, you know, as crazy as it's going to sound, I have found along my journey that the THC has really helped me with my balance. And most people would say, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, you know, it, it has because there are times when, you know, I've gotten up in the morning and I literally feel a little just I'm off. And, you know, I've noticed that just again, everybody is different. So, the titration level for me is way lower when it comes to THC than maybe for other people. But it's just that little bit that just seems like, you know, wait a minute, I got this. And, you know, it straightens out my back. It straightens out my legs. And I feel like I'm I'm on stable ground. Absolutely. You know, when I don't have that, I don't. Montel, for those who are not familiar with the difference between THC and CBD with the marijuana plant, would you explain that to people? Absolutely. What people don't have to understand is that, unfortunately, here in America, um, we spent a lot of time in the 60s and the 70s trying to breed the CBD out of the THC, out of, out of the plant, because we thought that the higher the, the THC, the more significantly higher your euphoria would be. And that's when people were chasing that. Throw that out the door for a second. For those who are looking at this from a medical standpoint, you know, if you go and do some of the research, and I want people to understand that the research is out there, contrary to popular belief, there's more peer-reviewed, published documentations on cannabis than there is even on aspirin. There's more peer-reviewed, published documentation on cannabis than there is on alcohol. So you can go up not just online, but you can go and, and dig deep into the published research and find there's been over 30,000 peer-reviewed published documents on cannabis. And in those documents, there's a lot of information that will extol the, the benefits of its anti-inflammatory capabilities. We do know that Inflammation is probably the greatest nemesis in MS. Absolutely. So when you are looking for cannabis, people ought to need to understand that there's probably right now, we know that there's close to 150 different cannabinoids that have already been identified. Along with those cannabinoids, there are things called terpenes that have been identified. What is a terpene? A terpene is what gives cannabis its smell and taste. But terpenes are found in all kinds of fruits and vegetables, all kinds of other vegetation. Because of a unique system within our own bodies, all mammals are born with something called the endocannabinoid system. And what is the endocannabinoid system? The endocannabinoid system is, for lack of better terminology, it's kind of like a secondary 
neurological system within our body of receptors that respond to cannabis because we as mammals produce our own endocannabinoids. Endocannabinoids mean things that we make ourselves. If you're a human being, you've never consumed the marijuana plant, you have inside of your body cannabinoids. Why would I have those? Because we make those. And why are they there? Because science has now proven that the endocannabinoid system is responsible for what we call cellular homeostasis. And what is that? That's kind of like the Goldilocks zone. It's what helps our cells operate at optimum potential. So it's not too hot, not too cold, just right. Well, when you take cannabinoids, it stimulates our individual endocannabinoid system. We create something in our body. It's called one is called anandamide. Another one's called 2-AG. Anandamide is a chemical that literally is one of the only chemicals that functions retroactively in our system. It's what sends a signal from the pain area or the bad area to the brain to say, stop sending the white blood cells. We got this. Yes. So we've now found that through a series of receptors, one called CB1, one called CB2. CB1 receptors are mostly found primarily in the brain. CB2 receptors are found in all of our peripheral organs. It seems that, and research is showing that THC is picked up more by the CB1, CBD, CBG, CBN, CBDA, and all the acid versions are picked up more by the CB2 connectors. We found that through the research, THC, Delta 9, which is more responsible for the euphoric effect from cannabis, CBG, CBD, are the non-euphoric components of cannabis that have anti-inflammatory capability. We see that. Our body actually drinks that up. The second you put CBD in your body, the CB2 connectors in your body, yay, I got some. And what do they do? They start to kind of try to buffer down the inflammation in the body. And so when you're looking for a, and right now, when we look at cannabis in the country, there's been these terms that are thrown out, sativa, indica. We look at indica being more of a higher CBD percentage within the strain. Sativa, a higher THC percentage in the strain. But we do know for a fact that both THC and CBD are developed out of something called CBG. When a marijuana plant is first growing or a hemp plant is first growing, its first six weeks to seven weeks of life, it has a higher percentage of CBG in it than it does either THC or CBD. The CBG turns into CBD and THC and all of the very other cannabinoids, which there are acidic 
components to them. That's where you get the term THCA, which is non-psychoactive, and CBDA, which is a component that we've now found, not we, but science has now found in the last month and a half that CBDA and CBGA may block the spike protein on the COVID virus from even entering our cells. That's right. So there's phenomenal research out there. I would suggest that anybody who's interested in cannabis for a treatment protocol or as an option for MS, they need to do their homework. Absolutely. Absolutely, Montel. I think it's just fantastic that more and more people are reaching out to these alternative uh, methods of treatment and or most importantly, it helps with pain and fatigue and giving you that little extra energy. So thank you again for all the research that you have been doing and starting your new company. What is the name of your new company that you're starting? I've had a company and the company has existed now for about 10 years. The company is called Lenative Scientific. And we have um, two different versions of it. I have a Live Better CBD products because we can't name the products the same CBD and TAC can't be named the same by state law. I have a product that's called Inspire by Montel, which we launch in Massachusetts in the next month. And that is our THC product. And then our Live Better product is our CBD product, which I will have available, you know, nationwide here within the next, mm, hopefully 30 days. Oh, and we're very excited about that. This is, this is Terry. We can't wait to share. We have so many people asking us all the time about sure. cannabis and THC, and we cannot wait to share this program with them and get them in contact with you and Thank all you. the products. Of well, course, I hope that they, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll start expanding to different states Good. As we move forward, um, I've had several states reach out to me. I'm involved in cannabis projects, not only here in the United States, but I'm involved in a cannabis project out of Colombia through a company that's called One World Products that is now getting ready to start exporting worldwide. I'm also involved Great. in a cannabis project out of South Africa, out of Lesotho, and they have been and getting ready to start actually producing isolates and actually producing CBD and other minor cannabinoids that will start shipping worldwide. Great. I'm also involved in a company out of Illinois and Ohio. So I know I'm, to expand, I'm expanding yeah. as quickly as I possibly can, but I know for all of your, you know, uh, followers, especially on your website, let's talk a little bit about your coast to coast website. Let's talk about yes. the, the information that you provide to so many. Absolutely. This is Tamara. Our goal with our website is to be informative, to let people know uh, the definitions of what is multiple sclerosis. It tells us, it will inform people a little bit about our lives, what it's like living with MS. We also have links to our favorite products that we actually use and we that are helpful uh, to us. And we find that sharing that information is helpful to others that find our website. We also find that it's important to share the good, the bad, and the funny. 
And we That's have our tagline, the good, the bad, and the funny. The good, the bad, and the funny. For people to be able to reach out to us that we're a safe place, we're a safe support system. We can talk with them. They can direct message us. And certainly we're not doctors, but we're people that have lived with multiple sclerosis for many, many years and can make suggestions of you know, where to look or what doctors have been uh, that have worked for us or certain things. Well, I'll share with the two of you that I have been working on a project for now over 12 years that's called a PONS device, Portable Neuromodulation yes. System right. from Helios Medical Technologies. That device um, originally started off as a, as a device that was directed towards traumatic brain injury but over the course of the last 12 years has received FDA approval here in the United States Fantastic. for MS. Right. It received FDA approval in Australia, or they call a CE mark in Australia for MS and stroke. And in Canada has been used for traumatic brain injury, MS and stroke. There are 32 plus centers of excellence in Canada where Patients can go and be treated with this device. I use it every single day. It's called a PONS device. It's a grid that goes on the tongue yes. that literally sends stimulation to the two cranial nerves and to the PONS area of the brain that then when married with physical therapy and other cognitive therapy literally elicits a response. And there have been, you know, about 75% of those who have used the device have seen benefit. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work for about 25% of the people who actually try it, but for 75% of the people who try it, it does do wonders. Fantastic. This is Tamara. We have a friend who lives in Canada. Her name is Audra Shepard, and she actually has begun to use the PONS device that goes underneath your tongue or in on your mouth. Tried on the tongue. Tried on the tongue and it works for her. And it's very exciting. There is finally something right. to help. Non-invasive. Right. We need to try this, Montel. I think I mean, it would be awesome. I really think you should. And then, you know, hopefully very soon within the next month to two months, uh, because they have gotten approval here in the United States and are starting to expand the centers here in the United States that are using it for treatment protocols, the two of you would be, you know, amazing uh, uh, test patients for. And I think, you know, as soon as we can get you in there, I'd love to have that happen. We that would be wonderful, that. Montel. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. Absolutely. That's something you can share with some of your listeners also. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit more about the website. Give me, give me the website itself. So our website is www.twinstwinscoast, the number two coast. So Twins Coast to Coast. That is also our website, Instagram, uh, my LinkedIn, our Facebook, all those wonderful things. You can find us there. And also on our Instagram, if you go to our bio, you can connect directly to our link tree. That will give you all information about our website, blogs, connect you to YouTube, what have you. Ladies, you are so positive and, and, and both of you present such a very positive image. How do you keep it up? We you know it's not up. always 
I'm sorry, Terry. It's not always easy. This is Tamara Montel. You know, multiple sclerosis, living with any chronic disease, it's not for sissies. It's tough. And we have our difficult days and our difficult moments. You know, we were handed a, a deck of cards, dealt a deck of cards that weren't the best. But we take it. We live each day. We, you know, we have one life. We want to make it good. We have lots of people who love us, lots of people who need us, and that's what keeps us going and keeps our energy high. And going back to our tagline, the good, the bad, the funny, you have to find the funny in life to keep pushing with a chronic disease. After 25 years of living with this, we have a beautiful life. I, we both live in wheelchairs, but we've got this. We're strong gals and want to make life the best we can. You know, I, I said, uh, I think the first week I got diagnosed, I have MS. MS will never have me. Absolutely. And, and the it's two enough. of you are, you are prime examples of that. Oh, thank you, Montel. No, so are you. you. We love you. We love watching you, hearing you all these years. We've just admired you. And Montel, what's so wonderful is that because you are a high-profile person, that you're open to share your story about multiple sclerosis. You share your story and lets others know they're not alone. And thank you for doing that. Well, I thank you too also. And thank you so much for being a part of Free Thinking with Montel today because you're going to inspire so many more people out there. Uh, through our website. And I hope that, um, you know, at some point in time, if you ever want me to be a guest on your uh, coast to coast, let me know. And I'd love to come off you. Thank we you, Mantel. And we will have you on soon. Okay, ladies. Well, look, you take care of yourself. Uh, stay well and stay Thank as you. inspirational as you are. Thank you. And uh, again, we'd love to have you back anytime. And you'll always have a home here. So oh, I'd love to have you, you back to share some more. And Great. You know, I'm out of time today, but I got to tell you, I thank you for being a part of the show today. Free Thank You with Montel. And I thank all of you out there for tuning in. Make sure you go up on Twins Coast to Coast.com and you can get some inspiration from Tamara and Terry. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. We'll see you on the next Free Thinking with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Free Thinking with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please send us your comments.